This morning's Dharma talk is titled Landing. We had four of them yesterday, and they were all on the same topic, and that was emotion. And uh, um, all good, very interesting talks, different different uh, style and direction. Uh, that's something we don't, at this point, we aren't doing on uh, YouTube, so you wouldn't be able to see them unless you want to come here and you can see them. So uh, Andrew uh, Rockwell actually asked me, uh, gave me that. He said, we don't need to have a talk on elements. No, not elements. Uh, what is that? It's an E word. What is it? I like that. Emotion. And, uh, and then he proceeded to give me a short talk on his text. Because Andrews likes to talk about stuff. And he did a good job being critical of him. If I were doing that, I would do it to his face in private. <laughs> <laughs> If you if you give me permission to do that, of course, I don't teach without permission. The idea with landing in emotion, we had all kinds of talk about discussions, and everybody did a really good job on that, uh, coming from different points of view. And they only had an hour warning. Um, what do you call it a warning? They have to. Here's what your talk is going to be. Your talk is in for the two people in the morning, uh, Kozan and uh, Chazan. Kozan had an hour. Chazan had an hour plus listening to her talk. Isn't that how it went? You helped him a lot, I think. <laughs> and then two more talks in the afternoon. So they were good talks, and that's a difficult, uh, very difficult topic. That's why I wanted them, them to go first. <laughs> makes it easier. Me. So emotion is uh, my my teacher, as uh, someone quoted uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, the Dorje Dradala Mukpo, who was my first teacher. He uh, characterized emotion as high speed thoughts moving in a high clip. Um, I've never said this before, I just, uh, but I'm going to say it now. I don't agree with him. He's my teacher, but I, I don't agree. And what I don't agree with is, um, I think it's, uh, it, it stops people from investigating that. They start to say, well, they're high-speed thoughts, so they stop looking at them. And I am more about, I emphasize awareness much more than I emphasize the forms that hold us together long enough so that we can practice awareness, which is... The sitting practice, sitting down, holding still, facing the wall. Watch what moves. Because what moves is the very nature of your mind. It's the nature of confusion. It's the nature of awakening, if you understand it. And if you don't understand it, that's because you're standing on it. You can't understand something you're standing on. Humor. <laughs> so, uh, landing, landing in emotion, what uh, seems to happen is we don't notice there's much of an emotion going on at all, but there's... Usually a little background chatter going, I'm going here, I need to get to, oh, am I, am I late? Uh, what will I say to Jim or George or Mary when about such and such a matter? Little kind of little snippets of little post-it notes of thoughts that rise. And, and some of them, they get they, they have little hooks and they'll get, little hook, get hooked into it. And then we start, uh, we actually forget we're driving a car and we start to go in. But just enough awareness is there to steer and to not run into things. Uh, but uh, most of the awareness is is sucked down into that vortex that we call fixation. And it is fixation or the locking down. It doesn't feel like locking down. It feels like we're going here, we're going here, we're looking at this, we're thinking about that, we're analyzing this, we're evaluating, we're being fair. A little backup comments on, on anything you're doing, there'll be a little backup comment that will validate what you're doing. This is called ego. I don't care whether you're correct or incorrect. Correct and incorrect are beside the point. Correct and incorrect are actually misunderstandings of the nature of, of being alive in this world and reality. There is no such thing. 
Correct gets its meaning from incorrect. Incorrect gets its meaning from correct. So if you were going to say something about it that included both of those, what would you say? Awareness. Just awareness. You just see the texture and the movement of your emotions, your ideas, your thoughts, your opinions, and those are all... Oh, I changed my mind. Uh, those are all um, supported and encouraged and fluffed up by uh, our, the three poisons, passion, aggression, and ignorance. Wanting things, not wanting other things, and then wanting to just forget the rest or distract ourselves. If you're headed towards something that you really don't want to experience, uh, you'll either ignore it deliberately, you'll just go away from it, or you'll distract yourself with something else, which is kind of a, makes it all seem like it's on the up and up, which is another way of saying legal. That it's okay to do this because I really want to do this other thing. When actually you've been, you've been looking away from the very thing you, you should be uh, looking at in terms of uh, awareness. You're actually missing that part of your life. Isn't it interesting that there's actually whole sections of your life that you've actually rotated into a bowling alley? You don't even bowl. And here you are in a bowling alley. You know, just because it's a distraction. Well, I just want to see what bowlers look like. All these little cheap shots. So what I say when emotion arises, and I'm talking out of my experience of this. I'm not talking about out of something I was taught. I use what I was taught and told for 30 years or more, or actually more than that before I started running my big mouth about things. I use those, but I don't just use them because I've been taught that. Anything you're hearing from me is something that I understand here. Not here and not here. If you understand it here, uh, this uh, possibility of going into paranoia is just about impossible to avoid. And down here, the, po the possibility of, uh, the possibility of uh, avoiding, it's impossible to avoid the fear that can be triggered down in this area. This is intuition, uh, but uh, this, this area here, and it's not even your, your blood pumping uh, device there. It's just this central area. It's not even the heart ch uh, chakra. Uh, it's, it's just, you don't, have, you don't need anything but just this for a reference point. So going, uh, when, when the emotion comes up, it's triggered by some situation, event, you're in the middle of something and you're trying to maybe accomplish, some, could be something very mundane, trying to get, uh, get some dish soap or something to do. And then the, and somebody said they would put it here and put it, and then they didn't put it there. So someone has let you down. <laughs> <laughs> And then we, and then the, the emotion arises around that, and then we, and the emotion is very fluffy. Uh, in other words, it's very spacious. Emotion has lots of gaps in it, and it's. It, this doesn't mean it isn't painful. Uh, where the pain comes from is the resistance to it. It's the resistance to it. There isn't. There's only one emotion, and I won't even tell you what it is. There's only one, and then, but it's been in our life. It's broken up into all these. All the politics of experience are coming at us from every every which way. Trying to get us to do this and do that, go do this. And people, I mean, all you have to do is just tune into anything. What a Facebook or these days YouTube or, or or me. I'm sitting here with my point of view, if you want to call it that. So when I say uh, the other thing I've said sometimes is don't land anywhere. Haven't I said that? I think so. And so what I'm saying when you land an emotion out of the causes and conditions that arise as the qualities that are happening in your mind. Namely, passion, aggression, and ignorance, hope and fear, desire, uh, jealousy, uh, gluttony. Is that still a word? <laughs> Glut You're ver being very gluttonous today, Petronius. I, I know it's not very funny. <laughs>
<laughs> but that's not what I'm here to do, to be a sit-down comic. But you know, you can use in your own experience when you, uh, you know, in, interacting like, you know, in the kitchen, someone's supposed to do something and they didn't, or they're, or they're late for something, they said, they said this, and somebody's kind of letting you down. That's, a, that's a, an incredible Dharma gate for anyone. Uh, just because of what has happened. It's not that the situation should be that way and you should uh, forgive them. I don't even use the word forgiveness. As far as I'm concerned, that's baloney until it's not. But don't, don't use forgiveness as a way of getting out of something. Only forgive if you absolutely have no other option. And if you don't understand, you should ask questions and I'll think of something. So what seems to happen when we're going along and we're thinking about what we're doing and then something something lets us down and then emotional uh, reactions come come up we we abandon the emotion we have we, we we break free of the emotion and go towards a blaming or a rationale or it's all because of or if i hadn't done this or or somebody broke the clock we we're just we we cannot hardly handle just being in the feeling, but if you could stay in the feeling, and it's not a maintenance. Staying in feeling is not maintenance. If it's maintenance, it's fixation. It's not maintenance. I'll say it one more time. It's not maintenance. What is it? It's going into the because the reason it can't be maintenance because if you fixate on it, the emotion is still winding around and changing uh, like a dragon or a snake. And you need to stay with that emotion and with that feeling. And it goes up and it goes down. And there'll be a, the feeling of wanting to blame, but you don't buy it. And then it goes back down again. Just observe that emotion. I'm a very visual person, so um, I'm a lot of other kinds of persons too. But that's one of them I'm talking about right now, visual. Do you guys see stuff too? <laughs> <laughs> so here it comes. You're here. You're doing something very simple. And, and all of a sudden, ugh. You have this emotion that seems to be, it's like someone who's done something has poured a bucket of emotion in you. And they haven't, it just looks like it. So what, to, as a practitioner, as a meditator, as someone who's trying to train your mind, what I'm saying, what I'm recommending that you do is nothing. The feeling that you're having is enough. You're already doing the work if you don't do anything else. It says on the back of her Roxu that I wrote on there in 2010 when I gave her lay precepts or jukai. Nothing else. I, I've come this close to naming the last 15 talks, nothing else. But I think I already, didn't I do one of those already? Have you ever done that talk? Mm, I don't know. I could spell it. I could say nothing else. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> How about that's it? How about that's it? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's it. This is it. <laughs> so it's difficult to, you know, when to someone, a, a student to run into a teaching where somebody's saying, this is it. It's like the Zen kind of idea of, mind only and all of that it's, uh, because we, tr we we try to do that conceptually instead of seeing that that is a uh, a recommendation to just be present and if thoughts come up fine if thoughts go away fine if emotions come up fine i'm not saying there's some kind of a, of a thing you say in your mind like that's fine because that's thinking and you've actually abandoned the very thing you're commenting on this is why the teaching of uh, of sang son the korean monk who uh, title of one of his books, maybe his only book, I don't know, was uh, Only Don't Know Mind. So it's encouraging people to actually spend spend a little bit more time in Only Don't Know. I just don't know. Having an emotion, don't don't know. Not pushing it away, not fluffing it up, 
not pointing any fingers, even though you feel in the background that there's a sense that, that this person maybe didn't cause it, but this situation was a trigger for what's happening. Quite often we get the, the event and the trigger mixed up. We start to blame the trigger. Questions? Shoshi. What's a Dharma gate? So a Dharma gate, Dharma. <coughs> dharma means, uh, uh, the way we use it here, uh, there's going to be a Dharma, there's going to be a Dharma of making bread. So you would have all the different things, the ways that's done, the Dharma of that. And then there's the Buddha Dharma, or the awakened Dharma, which Dharma means, uh, comes out of the Sanskrit from uh, uh, law, truth, rule, form, structure, all of that that points to some kind of a, a containment of something. Um, the Buddha Dharma is uh, the awakened truth. So this is what uh, uh, Buddhas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, the historical Buddha and all the other Buddhas that are showing up everywhere, that are all over this room, are teaching this all the time. The Dharma is being taught all the time. This table, this, this wall, this whatever this is, this fancy Japanese fan. <laughs> Everything is speaking the truth. Yes, sir. Is that the same as frequency? It's what? Is that the same as frequency? How so? Say more. Say more. Say more. Oh, oh, oh. is it is uh, it the same as frequency? When you say Dharma gate, is that levels to reaching a certain particular frequency? Okay. So I, I wouldn't say so. I say that that I follow what you're saying and it makes some sense. But it's a it's a it's a false path. When I say false, it's not that it's false completely, but it, it just tends to go be circular because you get wound up in comparing your frequency with other frequencies and so on, and you would get confused. But to come back to uh, Shoshi's question, uh, the idea that with the Dharma gate, it is for you personally that it is a a an opening, a gate that starts to open up. In, right when you're having the emotion of, of wanting, perhaps you haven't done it yet, but you're wanting to blame somebody, even and they actually did this to you, or something, you're wanting to do it, and but you just don't, you just uh, you just relax, you're, and but you don't relax to get out of something, you relax into it, and that that way the gate stays open, and the the, the personal self of the skandhas and the personal self of the seventh consciousness that we've talked about so much. Uh, begins to come apart and this can be terrifying to ego and not terrifying like you know ghosts and goblins or a horror show but but terrifying in that, that the fundamental understanding that you thought was true that you your platform was on is starting to come apart and, and it's I'm not kidding you it, it's frightening and, and and you can but the great thing about it we want to call it great I'm going to call it great, is that you can go in, you can actually back out of that. Somebody, some people can, some people cannot. Some people go in and they go into a labyrinth and they just can't, they're in a, uh, it's a ghost world for them. And they just have difficulty. And then they might try to cover that up with medication, drugs, counseling, psychiatrists, meditation, anything to, to, to cover up, cover that up. This kind of meditation that we do here doesn't cover up much. That's why people don't like it. And that's why sometimes people have just had on occasion I have just had someone recently say they just can't, don't want to do shikantaza. Another kind of practice works better for them. And they actually have left me as a teacher. And I say good luck to them. I, I, they're not doing anything wrong. They're, this is their path. Their path came here. They sit here and they ask me questions. They relate with me for a while and then they go somewhere else. You know, we've had other situations where uh, people go back and forth. I don't know what people should do. All I know is if you come this way, I'm going to help you. 
If you say, I think I'm going to go another way, I'll say, well, stay in touch. I think that's probably what I say. No? I say, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Never come back again. Don't you see how much I've done for you? <laughs> so, uh, when I say uh, landing in emotion, when you land in the emotion, it is not a reference point because it is constantly changing and in turmoil and changing and changing and getting rough and smooth and rough and smooth. And it looks like there's some kind of promise wrapped up in there or there's some kind of threat wrapped up in there. Threat and promise are not different. They, they, they come, they're, they're neighbors, they're brother and sister. It's, you're being faced with the, the raw ed edges of relative truth minus the commentary, minus the concepts. Questions? Goes on. It seems like if there's an emotion that comes up, you say just observe, but it seems like the going from emotion to thought happens so fast. That's awareness. I'm going to interrupt you a little bit because you say because you're a lot of people who don't realize don't see that happening. I'm saying I'm not making you somebody special. You already know you're special. So I don't have to do that for you. But but just seeing that happen, what's important is don't do anything with that. Don't turn it into any kind of a, a gaining idea, any kind of credential, any kind of a, a level of something. Just observe. Just as if it goes down, fine. If it comes up, fine. If it stays the same, fine. Go ahead. So if it goes from an emotion to a thought, and then there's um, recognition of going to the cookie jar when you know you should, it's not a good idea, but you just I haven't done it. I'm going to the cookie jar. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> there's a cookie jar? <laughs> Sorry. You say we distract ourselves with habits. Yes. And you also say if we tell you that we see it, you say that's awareness, but if, yes. it, if it goes over and over and over like a hiccup, is there anything? That's to awareness, do? but keep going. Is there right. anything to do to interrupt that going from thought to the cookie jar? What I tell people over and over, and I probably say it, but probably when I start to say this, uh, people just say, yeah, I heard that before. it's meditate a lot. You, we, we sit, schedule sitting here is more than anybody does anywhere that I know of. I mean, on a, you know, year after year. So an hour a day isn't going to do it, my friends, my enemies. Not going to do it. We need to really need to sit down and do some long-term sitting because that's the way, um, uh, in order, by doing that, we actually begin to wear out the grasping nature of ego. It gets tired. Our self-centeredness is not inspired by uh, uh, the truth. It's inspired by uh, survival and it wants to survive and it needs to have some kind of a support or credential and it'll get it from somewhere. So repetition of a sitting practice, this is why we do the forms. These just, there's nothing to believe or disbelieve here. If, you, if you're believing something, you've got some work to do. If you're disbelieving something, you've got some work to do. And if you're ignoring, of course, passion, aggression, and ignorance. It's just persistence, and the way this is shown, the downside is it's just aggravating to see this over and over and over again. But just don't give up. Keep doing it. Further? Okay. Is uh, Caroline, she is in Normandy, is she able to contact us? Or, yeah. Anybody further away than Normandy, France? Probably not. She's got the gold star. Yes? You said something about the raw edges of truth? Yes. What is those are like the hooks that when an emotion, a positive or a negative, 
or neutral on all the, the various uh, nuances of emotional dynamics. It's, it's difficult to look at emotions and see. You can't find out what they are. And, and that's why I say, you know, and I agree with uh, uh, the Vidyara on, on that. I, I mean, I, I see where he's going with it, kind of. I'd have to talk to him about it. But I, I, I think he could spend more time on that. That's what we should do. And so the hooks and are the aspects that we tend to, the emotion comes up and the rough edge is the part of the, the emotion that is not smooth. So it's not just a smooth flow of the emotion. If there's a smooth flow of the emotion, then you just, whatever comes, I, I'm only saying this descriptively because you don't say this in your mind. Whatever comes, no problem. I don't care how negative, how, how threatening, but you don't buy it, you don't sell it, and you don't look away from it. So you actually are a human being who is a living being who is able to experience intensely difficult feelings and emotions. And the simple way of putting you don't take anything personally. Why? There isn't any person anymore. You can't take something personally unless there's somebody here. And if there's nobody here, you can't take credit for that. Because if you do, there's somebody here. More? Is there a difference between landing in emotion and getting lost in emotion? Yes. Landing is just landing. You, know, you land. Your, your situations happen and you stumble around and bump into uh, situations and circumstances and people and um, whatever it may be and you, you, you're you in a thinking process that is fairly safe and protective because you can think about things and, and then something triggers something and it's like some hidden uh, vault of, uh, of uh, smelly stuff that some situation like somebody bumps into the doorway and it opens up, and it's your doorway, and it's your vault of smelly stuff, and it comes tumbling out. And then instead of just Dharmagate, you know, you, you should be grateful to that person for helping you. You should you should bow down and do uh, hundred thousand prostrations to that waitress who was late with your eggs. You follow me. Be grateful to everyone who's been your mother. Speaking of mothers, any news? Sensu is close. She's in the hospital still, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. What is Joseph. the kind of sensation that uh, emotions are physical compared to thoughts? I I, th I think it's uh, thoughts are physical too. Sure. Mm -hmm. You agree so quick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I think it's the the body mind complex is so not so, it's different aspects of the same thing. Just like the. If your heart and your and your uh, uh, kidneys are two different things, two different or two different completely, but they're in, they're in the same situation, and I think that's true of uh, of that also. So you're gonna you you if the emotions get really intense, they they're probably gonna show up in a, in a because it's part of your nervous system, part of your uh, your mental uh, functioning, not separate. So that's why a sitting practice of meditation actually begins to synchronize all the things that we call a physical being and a spiritual being. You, you can't reach the spiritual being unless you train the physical situation. And it's like, it's like an as if, I'm here, this is Buddha. If you don't see that, keep practicing. More? The materialist world wants to say that emotions are <clears throat> purely physically based. And yeah. The pills and the yeah. studies, etc. Mm -hmm. They do want to say that. So the thoughts, I have an intellectual understanding that they're connected physically. The emotions just seem a part of my whole body, whereas thoughts seem like they're yeah. in one particular place. It's just awareness. Don't don't conclude. Just if you if you conclude, all that stops, and you come up with an opinion. 
But if you don't conclude, then everything gets to move and sway like a palm tree in the Arctic. Big contrast. Do you have a question? Um, it seems like whenever I first started coming here a couple years ago, you used the teaching of I speed thoughts uh, frequently. Mm -hmm. I repeated what my teacher said. What's changed? <laughs> Nothing's changed. What's your actual question? Uh, I don't know if this is it, but this is the only thing that's coming up. What's okay. your understanding of that? My understanding, uh, insofar as I understand my understanding, <laughs> which is suspect, uh, is that he was endeavoring to find a way to address people's differentiation between concepts and emotions without, without tearing it apart and making them two different things so that people were able to continue to look at that and by, by referring to it or thinking about it as high-speed thoughts, this would uh, allow them to not spend too much time with uh, uh, hammer and tongs and they're trying to fix it. So, but but I, I don't use it because it's, uh, I think we should go more deeply into, into emotions and, and not just label them something. Labeling works and some, some of the Buddhist tradition is really heavily emphasizes labeling. In the Theravadan tradition, there's quite a bit of that labeling you know, feeling anger, feeling anger, feeling anger, feeling this, feeling that, you know, interior kind of commentary on everything. With thinking, uh, my assumption is, thinking that you can somehow get control of this and not be a bad guy. No, that's not going to work. Maybe for three months, three years, maybe 18 years, maybe a whole lifetime, but not through the bardo, not through the transition from this life to the next. You can't, you, there's no self, so there's nothing to hold it together. So as soon as you, you know this, probably more than anybody in here, other than maybe Uno, is there, there isn't any solid. Uh, once this body, mind drops, there's just uh, an open dimension. It's called the bardo, and anything is possible. Uh, don't leave this realm without training your mind. Yes? Uh, is landing in thoughts any different from landing emotions? I think there's a difference. Uh, I think the emotions have more of a... Of a tug to them and they're more there's more glue there whereas the thoughts and concepts uh, we have the illusion that we're free to think what we want and but we know we're not free to emote what we want when you say you can I think I'll feel this <laughs> no I don't like that anymore now I'm going to feel this whereas you can actually somewhat have the illusion that you can think about you can contemplate something the practices that we do here are very much tied into the structure of the way the mind works by by using concepts, using ideas to to you know give us some kind of a tether to the teachings, uh, like the sutras and so on. Yes. Uh, Caroline in Brittany, France, has a question. She asks, uh, "You talked about fear rising out of the gut, and also mentioned intuition in this area. Isn't intuition a modality of awareness?" Yes. I'm just, I'm just using this as a, as a metaphor. So I'm just saying that it seems like this area here is, is not intuition, it's not not intuition. It's not a person, it's not not a person. It's just on and on and on. You can't, if you, if you move your, just move your awareness, just sit here and I'll, I'll count to three. And when I get to, we we'll go one, two, three. Here we go. One, two, three. That's the heart. It's that accessible. You can move there anytime, but don't expect candy. I remember when I went into a, uh, a uh, I'll get to your question, and like, uh, well, I went into a uh, um, an abhisheka of uh, the second Karmapak, uh, Karmapakshi, uh, uh, that was conducted by His Holiness the 16th Karmapa in the, in the 
somewhere in the late 1970s. And uh, I don't know what the year was, but it was back there a ways. And went in, and I'd never been to a, an Abhisheka before, especially a fancy one where the, the Kagyu Tibetan lineage just goes back a thousand years and is quite exotic in some ways to us in the West. Went in and went through all the rituals. I did the, the uh, washed out my mouth to purify, and went through all the rituals. And, uh, and they have the little um, I can't think of what they call those little pictures with a peacock feather on the top, and pour water in your hand, and you take and you spit it into a container, and then you go in and you take your seat, and then His Holiness is up with, a, with like the bell and Dorje that's up there doing various kinds of uh, mudras and gestures and so on, and. Uh, and then at the end, uh, they, the monks are there, and there's all kinds of, we just, I'm kind of confused by what the whole thing is about, and we come up and he taps you on the head with a, with a dorje, and, and then with a little card that has a little picture of something on it. I don't know what it's about. But we all went through that, and there was probably, at that time, probably 60 or 70 people. And but we got, got done doing that, sat back down, and it was time to leave, and then they came around with a tray of candy for everybody. <laughs> you know, wrapped up in a little, and I remember thinking, this is crazy. <laughs> All this stuff, straight of candy, but it was, you know, it kind of, kind of lightened everything up, and everybody started kind of tittering a little bit, looking at each other, we're supposed to eat candy, it's supposed to be a holy ceremony. <laughs> and, and it was like, I remember thinking at the time, why not Tibetan candy? Why Tootsie Rolls? And, <laughs> Where's the Tibetan candy? <laughs> so anyway, that was a long time ago. Uh, but that was a powerful Abhisheka. I mean, with all that being said, there was there was some something transformative happening in that situation. Somewhat for me, and quite a bit for other people. I think some people got really freaked out in that situation. Yes. So when you say uh, you can move to that heart area anytime, heart energy, whatever you call it, but don't expect candy. What should we expect? Don't expect anything. There, there isn't anyone to expect anything. So we are, we're always riding that that riding that uh, that kind of consciousness that's looking for something and looking for something and looking for look at uh, ego is so interested in its own preservation it'll settle for failure. I'm terrible. I can't do anything. I'm a loser. I'm not going to get anywhere. I might as well shoot myself. This is a, the you know the final you know the final mudra. You know is uh, is I'm I'm going to say that I have power. That's kind of what that's about. Maybe not for everyone, but that's could be, you know, just being so upset that you, you need to be in control, and so you're going to actually shut off the thing that you thought you turned on when it doesn't belong to anybody. This doesn't belong to anybody. There's no ownership. That's all arbitrary stuff uh, to help uh, egos continue continue to exist. Everyone should be. When I say should, I say it with a capital H. Everyone should be helping others. Help others. That's what this Bodhisattva Bhava is about. That's what Jukai is about. doesn't mean you can't have some candy. doesn't mean you can't go to the movies or have sex or have a beer. Or have, it doesn't mean you can't function as a living being, but it just means when it, when it comes down to the proverbial wire, try to help people. Don't interfere with them. Don't convert anyone to Buddhism. Buddhism is something, if you're going to be a Buddhist, you, you aren't going to be able to help it. No, no, uh, no propaganda. Propaganda, you're not helping them, you're causing them to go in more circles because it puts their mind stream in a situation of being for, against, or ignoring. If you do nothing with it, then their karma, if they're supposed to come this way, will bring them right through that doorway. And their karma could also take them back out again. They might, that maybe it's just like, okay, this is the right lifetime, okay, okay, 
put him in a monastery, and I'll take her back out. That's all she gets. <laughs> Three more lifetimes, then you get to come back and stay. <laughs> but when you look at that situation, it was actually three months that the person was in the monastery, or three years. And I'm saying that just as a, a way of saying that it's such a big picture. We're such tiny little grains of sand. We're so tiny, and the very tininess of it, uh, and the very vastness of it, like I often say, or said different times, uh, go outside, look down at the ground, and look at that. Look at, see what that is. Without naming anything, look at that. Now look up. And see what that is without naming anything. Just look at the contrast. It's an astonishing situation that you could even look down and look up. Not two. Time for what? The daily memory. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And once again, would it remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway? We always appreciate and thank you for your continued financial support. Any anything you can do to help financially supports these teachings. Also, again, a reminder of the all day that is uh, this coming Saturday, the 24th of November. Please join us if you can. May Emeritus penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.